Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. In today's current mood combo, I am going to be joined by Terry Cole. Terry Cole is a licensed psychotherapist, global leading relationship expert, and author of the upcoming book, Boundary Boss, The Essential Guide to Talk True, Be Seen, and Finally Live Free. You guys... I I literally think this might be one of my favorite episodes. We had the most amazing conversation. It opened my eyes to so many things that obviously I did know about myself, but we kind of talked about some fears that I had with kind of putting up those boundaries. We really talk about how I didn't understand how I'm codependent and you probably maybe don't either, but it's just such an eye-opening conversation. I felt liberated after it. It was just such a mood booster, you guys. I I think you're absolutely going to love it. For over two decades, Terry has worked with a diverse group of clients from stay-at-home moms to celebrities and pop stars like Ariana Grande and Fortune 500 CEOs. So in the book, she's sharing a specific skill set to help you stop living out learned boundary behaviors that don't serve you. So there's techniques, there's tools, there's strategies, all in her book that are going to teach you to align your choices and boundary behaviors with your most authentic self and exercise personal agency. Wow. You guys, it is so good. And I cannot wait for you to listen to it. Oh my gosh. But first, let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week. My best mood this week was, drum roll please, my family got in town, yay me. Okay, so you guys know I always say that like I like to have things to be excited about and I wasn't even excited for my family to come in town. So this was a pleasant surprise of a best mood because I didn't realize like how many things would start falling into place in my life once my family got in town. Do I have boundaries with my family? Probably not. That's why we have today's episode. But what I do have is boundaries with myself. And my family helps really, like, bring them out of me. So my family's been only in town, like my mom and my little brother, for not even a week now. But it's just kind of like all of this stuff that's been building up for the past year with me. I feel like whenever I get together and I talk it through with my mom, we just kind of like put our heads together and come up with like really practical solutions. I always told kind of like even on my YouTube channel when I was younger was that whenever I was like depressed or anxious or in a rut or something like that, my mom was always the one that would like 
obviously support me and comfort me. But once I was like finally kind of in this repetitive cycle and it wasn't breaking and it wasn't clearly just a worse mood, like it was more chronic than that. She always would sit me down and she'd be like, okay, let's stop focusing on the problem. Let's start focusing on the solution. And she would come up with me with really great solutions that I was probably too afraid to come up with or act on or just even think about because change for me is really scary. Being spontaneous for me is really scary. And so sometimes it takes really being around those people that truly have your best interests at heart and they know you and they love you and really being vulnerable with them and start becoming more solution oriented. And I feel like I've been in a really, really good place lately. And even more great things happen when I surround myself with the people that I love. And it's becoming more and more apparent to me. And it's just been such a best mood being with my mom and focusing on solutions and improving life and just really kind of living life to its fullest and not kind of getting in a rut because it was so easy to get in a rut when I was younger and she really had to push me to get out of it. And now it's a little bit more collaborative. And I really love being able to have that relationship with my mom and really lean on her. Even as an adult, I think you definitely think you're going to get to an age where you don't need your mom anymore. And that age never comes. And we, I also think that like, maybe we're all just children forever. I'm starting to realize that I'm like, do we really ever grow up? Honestly, TBD, but that was definitely my best mood. And my worst mood of the week was obviously the total opposite end of the spectrum. You guys know I had such an amazing time with my best friends the week before and just coming back to L.A. and just kind of almost like it's almost like sometimes when I am back in L.A. and like working and stuff, it almost just reminds me of quarantine. It just reminds me of the pandemic. And it just I feel like very like boxed in and, you know. I live in a big city. There's still a lot of restrictions. And so you really have to fill up your time with mood boosters or or else it could be really easy to feel isolated and feel really stuck at home. And so I definitely was kind of a little mopey that I was like missing my friends and I was really, really exhausted. And so I I was just really tired and run down. And I think it was a combination of physical and emotional because it's like we're not really used to traveling and being social. So it's very draining. But Then also emotionally, it's just like kind of that like, oh, when you have a really good weekend and then you go back to work and you're like, "Uh okay, how do I boost my mood again? But no big deal. I was not lying the other week when I told you I was going to go buy stuff from Article because I just bought two of the cutest things in the entire world. They are these big lounger like puffs in the backyard and I have not been able to find them anywhere I've been literally scouring the internet for months because they're like only something you can get custom but guess who guess who did it guess who did it for me at a reasonable price and they got shipped to me in two days and I've been tanning on them ever since article I've never been so excited about a piece of furniture in my life if you guys don't know what article is article combines the curation of a boutique furniture store with the comfort and simplicity of shopping online their team of designers focuses on beautifully crafted pieces quality materials and durable construction i have had all of my furniture from article for years now you guys the stuff that i just bought is um from their newest outdoor look the garden terrace and it's a hand-picked series that features laid-back elegant designs for outdoor lounging dining and more lunch in the garden (laughs) yes please that's where i got those like really cute loungers from i wanted to post them on instagram but my grass in my backyard is like really struggling because um it's hard being a homeowner, but I, I'm going to try to post one this week. I'll show you guys because you're going to die. 
Everything is inspired by a variety of modern design aesthetic like mid-century, Scandinavian, industrial, and bohemian, and their prices are fair. So you save up to 30% over traditional retail prices, and Article is able to keep their prices low by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. So there's no showrooms, no salespeople, no retail markups. It's fast, affordable shipping is available across the USA and Canada and is free on orders over $999. You guys have to go check out their stuff for summer, for outside, inside, their outdoor collection is everything I needed for my new backyard. So Article is offering my listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Go to article.com slash mood and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash mood to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Go check out their stuff. This week for my mood boosters... Obviously, the first one was just self-care all around. I think that's the best thing you can do when you get home from traveling is really putting in some good self-care. And that could be anything. I know we talked about it last week, but I feel like it's always changing because mood boosters are always changing. And something that helped me get out of that little rut was really kind of pushing myself out. And so I made sure to text friends and instead of kind of like wallowing in self-pity, I made sure to text being like, let's do something tonight. Can I come over today? I want to see you today. Because those are things that technically, if I didn't do, I could probably like go a few days without seeing anyone just because everyone's working. Like We're adults. And so sometimes you have to remember you really need to nourish your friendships and your relationships as an adult because not everything's just going to constantly be happening around you. I mean, maybe in your life, but I feel like as you get older and you know, people are in relationships and people have careers. You really have to nurture your friendships and really reach out to people and focus on them. Even if it's a FaceTime or a text catch up, it still is that like human connection. And so a mood booster was definitely nurturing my relationships and kind of really leaning into the FaceTime, the text message, the hanging out. So I had a lot of fun giggling with friends over the weekend. We had such a nice time just catching up and it's just such a mood booster always friends, always, no matter what. My next mood booster, I'm not going to lie, is the opposite, dating apps. Like, it's really fun, you guys. Like, I'm I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm finally at that point where dating is something I'm more than open to because I'm bored. I'm bored in the house, bored in the house, bored. Whoa, that gave me PTSD. But seriously, I am, like, loving this, like, whole, like, swiping thing and chatting thing I think I'm hilarious and out of control and keep in mind I'm not actually hilarious but I am out of control so it's just really fucking funny and if you're single and like even if you're not interested in dating you can just like swipe and like chat like you kind of just start like you know working those muscles again I've gone on a few dates and they're just honestly really big mood boosters I know I talked to you guys about hot girl summer and confidence boost and if you're single this is like the next step is like going out on a date completely being yourself like kind of how Nick and I talked about on the podcast like just being unapologetically yourself and then wait dare I say you guys the guy is going to have a great time with you and you're going to go home and be like, oh my God, I didn't even do anything besides be myself. The guy's interested in me and I feel literally like the biggest mood confidence boost ever. And it's just so, so fun. Like, honestly, it's just so fun. So I'm not going to lie. Your girl's a swipeity swipeating. If anyone has any single brothers, uh, you know, throw them my way. I might chew them up and spit them out, but I'm down for, I'm down to clown. You know what I mean? 
I, can you not tell that I'm out of control? I'm fully out of control. But it's fun, you guys. It's a mood booster. It's just silly nilly bo billy. I'm not going to lie. Another mood booster of mine is the Array Supplements. If you didn't listen to that podcast episode, it's one of my favorites as well. But, oh, my gosh, the Debloat Supplement has been an absolute lifesaver. Um, I have been eating like a mad woman in a sense of like just incredibly unhealthy things from traveling. And then I get really backed up when I go on a plane and I also get really backed up when I come home from a trip because I'm super freaking stressed out. And if you listen to the episode, you know that when you're stressed and anxious, it actually affects your digestive system. So I definitely need the debloat pills and they have been absolutely saving my life. And then I've been doing the calm pills just at night to kind of just relax, rejuvenate, and feel really, really good. So Array is kind of like a classic mood booster staple. I absolutely love them. And I'm going to order more deep bloat pills today. You guys know they're non-habit forming. So obviously I don't take them every night. It's just something that like if I'm like feeling really bloated, like my stomach was really hurting last night just from kind of like reintroducing different food into my diet. And I knew that I wanted my tummy to like be like, no, it's okay. This food is fine. Like just kind of, kind of pass it through. Come on team. Keep it moving. Right, left, right. So debloat array, you know where to find it. So freaking good. And I'm just going to throw this mood booster in for snicks and giggles. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to say it once. I'm going to say it again. Endorphins are fucking real. Okay. I went to Pilates yesterday. I didn't want to go. I didn't work out in a week and a half. Besides that hike that I talked to you guys about, I went to Pilates. Endorphins are fucking real. Who did this to us? You know, I'm the laziest person in the world, but I'm telling you it's science or something. Bill Nye, what is going on? Endorphins are real. (sighs) It's like, I don't even want to work out. Like, I don't even want to be a fit queen. But here I am being like, ugh, endorphins are real. And I like when I feel strong. (sighs) You hate to see it. You hate to see it. So this is your um, little reminder to just uh, get on your feet, go walk around the block or something, you know? Speaking of mood boosters, my uh, favorite mood booster is obviously laying in bed. And guess what? I lay on my purple mattress. No lie. Swear on my life. Hand on Bible. As the world becomes increasingly, you know, more uncomfortable, we're all looking for as much comfort as we can get to boost those moods. So that is why I want to always be able to count on my mattress. And I can because I have my comfortable purple one. It's seriously the best. I have my family coming in town. And by my family coming in town, I mean, not only is my mom and my brother already here, um, my aunt and uncle are getting here as well. And they will be sleeping on the guest mattress, which is the purple one. And oh my God, people are fighting over it, you guys. That's because purple is comfort reinvented. Only purple has the grid. It's a stretchy gel material that's amazingly supportive for your back and legs while cushioning your shoulders, neck, and hips. I don't know how it does it. It's just literally amazing. And because of how it's designed, the grid doesn't trap air. Air actually circulates and flows through it, so you're never going to overheat. The grid bounces back as you move and shift, and so unlike memory foam, which remembers everything. That's why memory foam has, like, craters and divots and ugh. I'm literally obsessed with my mattress. I never sleep hot. I'm always so comfortable. I never wake up with a sore back. It is literally just like sleeping on a cloud. It is the most comfortable mattress I've ever had. 
And right now, you can try Purple Mattress risk-free with free shipping and returns. Financing is also available, too. Purple really is comfort for an uncomfortable world. Right now, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash mood10 and use promo code mood10. That's purple.com slash mood10. Promo code mood10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash mood10. Promo code mood10. Terms apply. Okay, guys, enough of me being totally crazy. Let's take it down a notch. Terry is literally going to slide down her rainbow from heaven because she is an angel. And she was sent to us to help us boost our moods, improve our lives. You're going to absolutely love this current mood combo. It is so soothing. Relax, sit back. You usually say those words the other way around, but we're different here on mood. And enjoy this combo with Terry Cole. So... Obviously, I got your book, and I have been skimming through it over the past couple days because I've been recovering from traveling and not having boundaries <laughs> of saying no to friends. And it's so funny because the first thing I realized was, wow, every page that I'm tabbing down is like the, are you a perfectionist? Do you not have boundaries? <laughs> are you a people pleaser? And I was like, okay, so clearly we need to skim through this again and get the solutions because uh-huh. I'm doing it all <laughs> wrong. How did you get into boundaries specifically in this new book, Boundary Boss? Well, I came to it because like you, um, I was a boundary disaster. All right. I'm not saying you're a boundary disaster, but you know, what, what do they say? You teach what you most need to learn. And so in my young life, especially in my twenties, I did not have any good boundaries. And so there was a lot of conflict. I felt a lot of resentment. You know, all all of the things that happen when you don't have boundaries. And when you think about it, we are, most of us as women, I mean, nobody at home is like, hi, here's what boundaries are. This is how you do it. This is how you speak up. It's going to be great. That's not what happens. Most of us are raised and praised for being self-abandoning codependents especially if you're raised as a woman in particular, you know, women in particular. And so we learned sort of the opposite of having good boundaries. We got a lot of corrupted data growing up, like be a good girl, smile, achieve, be nice. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Turn that frown around. You're like, why? I'm sad. It doesn't make any sense for me to turn it around. But those are the, even if you're, let's say, parental impactors, as I call them, even if they weren't saying this to you, they don't need to because as kids were so adaptive. If you had a chaotic family system, if you were parentified as a child, meaning you had adult responsibilities because maybe a parent had an addiction issue or depression, there's a million reasons why, you end up in your young life going like, oh, what I feel, what I think, what I need definitely comes after what this adult in my life, what they feel, what they think, what they need. So in a healthy family system, it's more child-focused, not to be confused with child-obsessed. Okay, they're different. Mm. I mean, you know, the hierarchy is that the welfare of minor children is up here, and the family organizes, right? You're in sports, and then people are like, oh, yeah, let's go to the game or whatever. In a dysfunctional family system, a lot of times you will have one of, one of the parents is who everyone organizes around. If it's addiction, if they have an anger issue. So that is not a system that is focused in a healthy way on the kid, you know, and that creates disordered boundaries. Do you think that too, because I feel like sometimes even when I'm 
talking to friends that seem to, because I, I always, you know, identified as like, oh, I have all the baggage and like I, you know, I have all these issues. So of course it makes sense that I have anxiety and boundary issues. And then there's like some of my friends that I'm like, you had a great childhood. I was jealous of your childhood or your parents are still in love and your parents are great. So it's like these common examples we use as kind of, oh, well, it comes from your childhood. Then how do they also have these same issues? Is it like a female thing or a social thing? It's a combination because it's also a societal thing. So if you think about the way, if you're raised as a woman, we're the bridgers, we're the assuagers, the soothers, right? We're the connectors in society, in families, in the world. We are um, valued for the value that we add. You know, one of my psychological heroes is Dr. Harriet Lerner. And she says, you know, as women, we are like the way station where people come by, get filled up, and then keep on going. And there's a point where with disordered boundaries, you you have to figure it out because if you don't, you just can't keep running on empty. We end up, what happens, right? If we don't fix it, let's just talk about that because it's kind of scary and it'll motivate people to want to fix it. And you know this, right? I don't even need to tell you because you literally already know this. You end up resentful, angry, martyred. We just can't believe how entitled Betty is asking me to do that after all the crap I've done for her. Like, (laughs) right? And if someone says no to us after we've been a people pleaser, dude, we're so (laughs) pissed. We're like, you've got some nerve having good boundaries, Betty. You know what I mean? So we don't want like that train of overgiving, overfeeling, overthinking, overfunctioning. That only has one stop on that train, and that's just like bitter land. Like that's it. That's the only place that train is going. And we can get off. Like the good news is that even though we didn't learn, it's like learning a language. Like think of it that way, you know, Lauren Elizabeth. Like think think of it like you wouldn't be mad at yourself for not being fluent in a foreign language that no one taught you. You wouldn't think it was weakness or that, oh, how could I be in this situation again with this unavailable person or whatever? You would be like, oh, I never learned this. I'm going to commit to learning it now. Because boundaries, healthy boundaries, becoming a boundary boss, that shit is learning a language. And before we even get to that in the book, we do this deep dive into your unconscious mind, which I call the basement of your mind, where I'm walking you down the steps with my miner's lamp on my head. Don't worry, I got you. Don't worry. I I know where we're going. It's okay. I'm a good GPS (laughs) to find the information that you need. Because what I call it is that you, I, everyone, we all have a downloaded boundary blueprint, but it's mostly in our unconscious mind. And this is the way we relate to boundaries because it's what we saw at home. Oh, this is how romantic relationships are. This is how you problem solve. Maybe it's you fight, someone walks out, someone comes back, you make up, or maybe your parental impactors were able to problem solve. But all of those things have to do with family of origin, country, culture, gender, family roles, what you witnessed, how chaotic or abusive your family system was, how authoritarian. Like you're saying, you know, well, I have friends. They were like in gymnastics. Their parents always came. Like they had the sleepover. Their house was normal. Those friends 
Why are they boundary disasters? And they are because it's not just the obvious dysfunctional, my parents are divorced, home that instills these disordered boundaries with this corrupted data. It's pretty much all families because we have this idea societally of what it means to be a good woman. And that means all this self-sacrificing and all of this putting others above ourselves. That, that means you're loving. It doesn't, though, because you end up not loving anyone. Like, you end up really being angry, you know? I think that's, like, almost the, the more I learn about boundaries. And, I mean, when my therapist told me that I had to, I don't even remember what it was, but I was looking at what my needs were and why I had resentments. And I was telling her, I was like, but I don't understand technically what this person did wrong. And she was like, because you don't understand that you are allowed to ask for what you need. And I was, I, it was like, it was genuinely like hearing a foreign language to me. I was like, I don't, this is not computing to me. And I think my biggest fear is that it has worked so well for so long. It's made me successful. It's made me a great friend. It's made me a great daughter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like one of my best character obviously it's turning into a character (laughs) now but it's you know it's great you can introduce yourself to people and be like I'm loving I'm selfless I'm this and it's like wow you're a great person and so part of me is like yes I'm growing resentful and I want boundaries but I don't want that part of me to go away like it's terrifying because then then what happens like yes asking for help is scary but saying no and disappointing someone and not being that version of myself anymore, I think might be even scarier. Oh, I so feel that. And you're so not alone. That was my exact story in my 20s where I was the hero child. So I was the one. Everyone came to, it didn't matter what, day, night. I'm, I, and it, you didn't even have to be close to me. I'm like worrying about my like, mail carrier and like the lady who does my hair color. Like I'm, I'm like literally texting people. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. No, I'm like, I have, I have someone I'm going to connect you with who can help you with that. Like, <laughs> please stop with the auto advice giving and the auto accommodating all the people and all the things. But he, here's what, let, let's look at the, this from a different perspective that might make it easier to make the shift. When we say yes, when we kind of want to say no, we're doing it to be nice, to be loving, we think. But here's the thing. There's a cost. And when you say yes, when you want to say no, you are being dishonest. And I'm not saying that we can't mindfully choose to do something or go out of our way for someone. Of course you can. Compromise in relationships, sure. But that's not what we're talking about. That's different. This is very specific. And when we are doing that, um, I'll I'll tell you a quick story, which I think will encapsulate what you're talking about. One of my um, siblings was just a hot mess when it came to everything. And so I was the over-functioning, more perfectionist one, even though I was the youngest. And so she was in a terrible situation in an abusive relationship with someone who was doing crack, who living in a house without running water. Like, no need to embellish that story because that shit is all true. Like every part of that, that's actually what was happening. And so I was talking to my therapist. I was living in the city and I was like crying and what am I going to do? And I've I've been giving her money, but that's not really helping because it's not changing anything. And you know, I can't believe this. And she just said flat out, let me ask you something. What makes you think, Tara, that you know 
what your sister needs to learn in this lifetime. And I was like, well, you know, Ruth, I think we can agree that she doesn't need to learn it with a crackhead in the woods with no fucking running water. I mean, can we agree to that? And she was like, not really, because I'm not God. And I have no idea what your sister, the life lessons she needs, and not in a punitive way, but in a real way. And she said, can I tell you what I think is really happening? And I was like, I guess so, because apparently I have no idea. And she said, you've worked for two decades to create a pretty harmonious, very successful life. You have a decent amount of inner peace. And your sister's dumpster fire of a life is really fucking with that piece. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but you, you get what I'm saying. She's like, what you really want is you want to fix your sister. Like, get it together, girl, so that you can go back to your harmonious life. So that makes it a little less Mother Teresa and a little more. I can't tolerate the way I'm feeling because I'm so friggin' codependent that what's happening to you, sister, feels like it's happening to me. The urgency that I am experiencing to, quote unquote, fix your situation is so real. And it was a hard lesson, but a most important one. And so I was able to say to myself, you know, figure it out with my therapist, like, okay, I thought I had to do that. I thought that's what being a loving sibling was literally, I had no idea that I had a choice. Just like you said before, you're like, wait, I can ask for what I want. Who, who said <laughs> this is what it was like. And so she's like, well, of course you, you can't do it, Tara. It is literally an impossible thing because it's her life. You can support her. You can encourage her to find her own answers. And if it's too painful, because it was too painful to have her telling me all the terrible things this idiot was doing, she's like, you can step back. So I had a conversation with my sister, said, listen, I love you. I cannot be close to you while you're in this situation. I'm not helping you by trying to fix your problem because I have faith that you're the only one who can do it. If and when you ever want to get out, I'm still your person. I will still be in. And nine months later, she was like, hi, I'm ready help. I was like, can't wait to come get you. Wow. And she got sober, went back to school and is still sober. And that was decades ago. So yeah. I mean, that's just, it almost reminds me too of like when my mom always says, well, of course I wasn't going to tell you to not date this person while you're in the relationship. You wouldn't have listened to me anyway. You have to figure it out for yourself. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it sucked, but I learned so much from it. So I guess I'm glad it's, I always used to have this thing with psychics where I would always be like, I don't want to know because then I'll change my mind and I should just probably let it happen the way it's supposed to happen because right. or else I won't learn. But you said something about uh, being codependent by like wanting to fix that. I don't fully understand the codependency just like jargon because I don't know, I guess like my understanding of codependence is like, so I guess like weak, mm -hmm. I guess, you know what I oh, mean? Oh, I do. But then I started like skimming through <laughs> your book and I was like, wait, what? I was like, I'm codependent. What's going on? Because what you saw in the book though, is that all of my clients, most of them women like you, ambitious, doing their thing, like literally kind of running the world in their own way, right? CFOs, famous actors, like all kinds of different people who from the outside, people are like, wow, that person has it going on. They have it all together. So when I would say to them, I would witness codependent behavior and I would bring it up. They would be like, yeah, no, <laughs> you, 
You misunderstand what, what's happening here. I'm the one everyone depends on. You get it? I'm the one doing all the things. I'm making the dough. I'm doing the whatever. And I was like, okay, but you don't understand. So I'm going to explain what I created from that and what codependency actually is. There was confusion about what that means because, like you said, there's a weakness. So if you think back in the day, probably before you were born, there was a book called Codependent No More written by Melody Beatty Mm -hmm. that was very famous. But her hypothesis then, which has changed now, but was that, you know, you have to be involved kind of with an addict. You're an enabler. Your partner is a gambler or a drug addict or whatever. And none of that was really accurate for my clients. But that's not really what codependency means. So I created a new moniker because I wanted my people, which basically you and my clients, to go to see themselves in it. So it's high-functioning codependency. Uh, So it's like you are still... So my definition in general is you're overly invested in the feeling states, the decisions, the outcomes, and the circumstances of the people in your life to the detriment of your internal peace or your physical wellness or your financial wellness maybe... So it has to be to the detriment because listen, we're all lovers, right? Obviously, we're going to, we love our people. We care about what's happening to them. That's a normal amount of caring. When what is happening for them feels like it's happening to us, that is codependency. Check in, question your urgency because it's a compulsion. It's not when you feel the urgency like, no, I have to do it and I have to do it now, which is how I felt with my sister, like with no faith. It was all about me, but right? Mm. Because what are we really doing? We are centering ourselves in the circumstances of others instead of being like, well, what do you think you should do? Or where are you at? If you did know, what would it be? What is your gut telling you? Like instead of helping the people we love come to their own conclusions because they're the only ones who can, It's so anxiety-provoking when you are codependent that we just feel like we have the answer. We want to, we're giving auto-advice, giving, again, taking on, like we're overly responsible. And the way that I teach it in the book is that we're very unclear about what's on my side of the street, right? Lauren, and what's on your side of the street? I want to clean up the whole friggin' neighborhood. I want all yeah. <laughs> all of the streets, all of the houses, all of the backyards. I want to clean. I want to make sure everyone has what they need. But that's not for me to do. And there's a cost to your own life. Here's what matters. Not only is it unhealthy, of course, it, it literally, being codependent means you have terrible boundaries. That's just fact. Like those, you can't be, you can't be a boundary boss and be highly codependent. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. But here's what we lose, right? Here's why it matters. A, you're not really wanting to intimately know the people in your life because you're too busy thinking you know what they should be doing and too busy wanting to sort of be the the knight in shining armor to save, right? We want to be the one that people are like, she, you can, I can count on her, right? No matter what. She is not going to let me down. But what I found through this process of becoming a boundary boss from being a boundary disaster is that my relationships got so much more intimate 
more real. Because here's the thing. When I was just being, you know, having the cape on, it wasn't, I wasn't being honest about my own struggles, my own pain. So very difficult, I imagine you too, to ask for help. To allow, I mean, down to going to the airport and the guy's like, let me get your bag. I'm like, I got it. (laughs) Down to every single thing. Do you want to grab that for you? No, I got it. But you're falling over. I'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) But you're falling over. But you're on the ground. It's okay. I'm resting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's just laying down. It's all good. Keep walking. (laughs) So that is not allowing anyone to give to us, though. And it really does, you know, cut you off. I remember when I first met my husband, which, you know, I didn't get married until I was 35. I was totally like never getting married, super not that into it. I was not a a woman who was like, oh my God, I must have four to four kids. Like, I was like, I'm going to have a lot of careers. I'm going to make a shit ton of cash. I'm going to travel around the world. And because I'd had enough um, relationships where I really loved the person, but I wasn't satisfied in the relationship. And then some really terrible, terribly disastrous ones. But, you know, so by the time I got to a certain age, I was like, here's the thing. I would 100% rather be alone in this amazing life that I've created for myself. Before I was a therapist, I was a talent agent negotiating contracts for supermodels and celebrities. And actually, my life got way better once I was out of that business. But what I'm saying is, like, I wasn't like a wallflower sitting at home being like, my life is going to begin when I get into that right relationship. So I just was like, I'm done. If I, I don't feel like I need to get married to get a, you know, society's stamp of approval. And my family wasn't, wasn't pressury like that. My mother was all like, wait till you're 35. You know, I mean, she, she really wasn't that into it because she got married at 19. So (laughs) when I married, when I met my husband, And this was really after I figured out the boundary thing and I started actually having way better self-care, being able to be more truthful in my life, not working myself to death the way I had been for a really long time. It's like we met and I just couldn't even believe it. I was like, this, he was perfect for me, right? He was widowed, divorced, had three acting out, super angry teenage sons and was living in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And I was like, perfection. I don't even know why, but I think I just found my family. And that was 24 years ago. Wow. And it was like, it was just my dharma, just meant to be. I couldn't believe that there was someone who was even more of a caretaker than I was. I was like, how is that even possible? It was like I met Vic and it was like I was able to exhale maybe for the first time in my entire life. Longest way around the barn to get back to the friggin' story I was telling, which is Vic used to, he was living in Jersey. I was living on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And he would always say, hey, let me come and scoop you up. Now, that means he's driving through the tunnel to pick me up for us to turn around and drive back to Jersey when I could just go to Penn Station and take a 20-minute train. So I never got it. Like I, it, To me, I was like, that's like super inefficient. Like, how about I just get on the train and you don't have to come? And my mother was like, Tara, I have a question. Why are you... Because I would say to her, it's so weird. He wants to do all these things, but it's like, doesn't make any sense. And she was like, why are you denying him the joy of doing things for you and, and adding value to your life and making your life easier? Because that's what he wants to do. 
it's not about efficiency. Stop saying it's not efficient. If he says, I'm going to come scoop you up, why don't you just say, yes, please. And she said, you know, Tara, if you keep rejecting the offers, learn from me, they will stop coming and you will end up doing everything alone for yourself and by yourself. I was like, oh my God, I want to cry. <laughs> and I, I really shifted from that point forward. Like I can trust that he wants to do it. I can allow him to take care of me. Maybe a little bit, like not a lot, just a little. And, you know, just a a teeny, just a teeny bit. I mean, it's such, it's almost like a weird rewiring of your brain in your 20s. And it's, you know, I feel like, especially with books and social media and all that stuff, that like young women are so lucky that they have these tools to figure it out so much earlier in life instead of, you know, like having to go through so many divorces or whatever because they didn't, like, I'd much rather go through a breakup than have to, like, have children involved because I married the wrong guy. And was the breakup horrible? Yes, but now my understanding that I'm allowed to have standards. Crazy concept. (laughs) And I'm not mad about it. It's just... It's these things that I feel like no one our age, like in their 20s, talk about. And it's weird because you mentioned you're like, what's going to happen is you're going to burn out. You're going to build resentments. You're going to get exhausted. And that's almost exactly where I am. And it's being so conscious that it's happening. It's like, I don't know how to fix it yet. I know there's people around me because I'm obviously trying to help everyone fix it as well. Of course, because we can never have anything for so. ourselves. Like It's so funny. That's so <laughs> funny because being codependent, no matter what I learned, I was like, I signed all of you up, all my sisters and my mother. Like, could never. If I would go traveling, I would literally be shipping shit home because I needed to bring presents for everyone. Ridiculous. Yes, yes. Oh, the first thing I do after like I read a good book is I copy the Amazon link. I send it to everyone. I'm like, you need to read this. And like part of me is like, no, you really do. Like, I wonder if they're going to. I really think it would impact their lives. Like I get so worked up about it. Like I'm so high functioning. And it's it's crazy because I I think this obviously, like I said, the scary thing is like, what if people don't need me? But the few times in the past, I'd say six months that I have allowed myself to take the cape off and show what was really going on underneath, it was those vulnerable moments that I feel like I actually made progress and intimacy and started getting like more positive things in my life. So it's like as scary as it is and as much as I don't have the tools, obviously I have your book. Mm-hmm. But And you can take my course. I don't know when this is coming out, but I'm, I'm actually doing boundary boot camp, the boundary Stop boss it. version, and it starts May 5th. So, oh my gosh, wait, what's today? May 5th will be when this comes out. I think this is coming out next Wednesday. Oh my God. There's still time people. <laughs> there is still time to join. Don't worry. I leave the door cracked like for oh three gosh. more days usually because lots of people want to. Okay. Lauren, come take okay. my course. A hundred percent. Quick break to talk to you guys about HelloFresh. 
If you just watched my latest YouTube video, you saw that I've been cooking some HelloFresh at home. I absolutely love it because it helps me get in the kitchen, get out of my head. I don't have to worry about going to the grocery store. It is literally my favorite and easiest thing that shows up to my door. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. It literally flies by. It's so quick. HelloFresh offers 25 plus recipes to choose from each week from vegetarian meals to craft burgers and extra special gourmet options there's honestly something for everyone to enjoy with all recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity I love cooking HelloFresh at home because it's just such a quick and easy mood booster. It's not like, oh my gosh, I have to put aside hours to go to the grocery store and cook and whip something up. I know I'm eating stuff that's good for my body. I'm cooking it. I'm watching it. It's like literally so, so, so amazing. And I feel like I didn't even know there's like some recipes I was capable of cooking, but with their step-by-step instructions, I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Did I miss out on being one of the world's greatest chefs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash Mood12 and use code Mood12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit, you guys. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Mood12 and use code Mood12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. Boost your mood. Back to the podcast. Like, I think that if anything, what the past year has taught me is that I just also want to learn and stuff. So, like, just the idea of a course sounds amazing. I promise I won't just be thinking the whole time of how, what information I'm going to share with which people. I okay. promise. I'll keep it for myself for a Thank moment. Thank you. A Wait, I want to say something about what you're saying, though, because another thing about codependency, high-functioning or no, is that it is a covert or overt bid for control. And that really shifted something for me. When you really get that, you're like, oh, again, I liked it better when I thought I was just such a lover. And then I was just Mother Teresa and just, you know, giving to all the people. When I really got like, wow, what would it feel like if I allowed myself to just have this information, right? Like you're saying, my therapist had said to me years ago when I was still in my 20s, and she was like, I get the feeling that when you leave here, you talk to a lot of people about your session. I was like, um, whatever. I'm not sure why you think that. She's like, is it accurate? I was like, yes. She was like, so I'm going to give you some homework. I'm going to ask you to not talk to anyone about your epiphanies and what we talked about. Because here's the thing, Tara, when you talk about it to six friends, you're diluting the impact of that information in your conscious and your unconscious mind. So let's let it percolate for a little bit. It's not that you can never talk about it, but what if you just kept it for yourself because this is your evolution and your desire to help others. The thing that's gonna impact them the most is you modeling better behavior, you changing. You're allowed to just do this for yourself. This is your therapy, keep it for you. But literally like you, I wanted to, yeah, I couldn't wait to give it to everyone. <laughs> I mean, you're kind of you're kind of talking to the girl that has a podcast that goes on every week, talking about essentially what her therapist said the week before. I'm like, okay, listen, ladies, this is what's going on this week. But I do like the idea of letting it kind of like marinate a little bit more because what I've been saying lately is every I 
my whole joke on the podcast lately has been hindsight is truly motherfucking. <laughs> let me tell you, like it is becoming clear by the day. So it's almost like maybe I'll pause on it a little more, let it resonate and it'll make even more sense and be even better information yep. because I didn't rush it. It's so true. And you're going to see a difference actually by, by containing, because part of it is that's internal boundaries that we're talking about, right? That's what they are. How are we relating to ourselves. And in the book, that's the first thing. And in the course, that's the first thing we basically cover because we have to know this. We have to know how we're relating. Like, do I follow through with what I say I'm going to do for me? I'm not talking about, because I know most of you perfectionists or you over-functioning, high-functioning codependents, you are very trustworthy when it comes to other people. I'm talking about when it comes to you. And then we look at these things that I call shadow addictions as well. Like, where are we numbing the feelings that we're finding really difficult um, to tolerate? So it could be falling into a Netflix hole. It could be, you know, three big girl glasses of wine a night. It could be smoking a lot of weed now that it's legal everywhere. It could be like gummies, like it's for my anxiety. And maybe it is, (laughs) maybe it is, and maybe it's not, you know? And that's something that we have to be aware of. Do I exercise too much to manage my feelings? Because all those things are mood-altering activities. And the more we look at what we're doing, the more healthy in a real way we can be because those are all kind of self-sabotaging ways that we avoid figuring this stuff out. And we really want to figure this stuff out, right? Because that's the path to the life you want, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people probably know that they have external boundary problems of saying yes and making too much time for other people and, you know, all those things. But I feel like it's probably the internal one, especially in my age group, that it's like, what do you mean exercise? I always say too much of anything is probably bad. But, you know, when I always say it doesn't always have to be three glasses of wine. It could be like two workouts in a yes, day. It can. Like, what are you what are you avoiding? And so I think that one of the most beneficial things that I hope people take away from your book is also that internal dialogue of boundaries, because I'm sure there's great things of communication of how to just say no to plans you don't want to go oh, to. Oh, yeah. Let's just, let's just, it's all let's just hit that. it right now. Let's just quickly hit yeah. it right now. We'll give you like three great things. Okay. Well, first of all, okay. before we, we go directly to the no, because if you're someone who's been an Insta yes gal for a long time, that might feel too threatening. So the first thing we do is we just buy time. We just stop the Insta yes, because then it's so much easier to go back and say no. So you can say something like, and you have like three or four things at the ready. So when anyone asks you to do anything, um, I used to teach this to my clients, you should just say, I have a 24-hour decision-making rule, so I'll get back to you tomorrow. (laughs) People could laugh. They think it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but you're not saying yes. You can also say, oh my God, I love that you always think about me and I still need to check with my partner, my roommate, my dog. I don't know. Um, Let me look at my calendar. Right now I'm a maybe. Why is it not okay for us to be a mother effing maybe? Mm. Like when we're so dialed out of like for approval, having the disease to please, looking for this external validation, like Am I okay? Do you think I'm okay? Again, we continue to give corrupted intelligence to the people in our life. Because if someone asks me to, let's say, 
go to an outdoor concert. I don't want to because I don't like them. I like my friend. I don't give a crap who it is. I'm not going unless they say, hey, it's a personal favor. There's someone I'm, I'm interested in going. Can you be my wing person? That's different. But if you're just like, oh, hey, we're going to see James Taylor at Tanglewood. Have a good time. Bye. I don't like bugs. I don't like the sun. I don't like people talking. I don't like drunks. Like, I don't want to go. And and without the, like, we don't have to write a dissertation about our no. We feel like we have to convince people that we have a right. And when you get into, if we, before we're done, we should quickly go over the Boundary Boss Bill of Rights because then we discover everything. And I also have a gift Perfect. for your people. So we don't want to run out before we can do that. Okay. Perfect. All right. Boundary Boss Bill of Rights. Let's do that. Yeah. Anyway, we got the nose, which is you have the right to say no, just by time. Right. You could be like, I'll let you know tomorrow. That's it. All right. So there's only 10 of these, but this is so it's right in the front of the book. It's what the course is based on. These are your rights. And I think that it's very confusing to most of us what our boundary rights are. So here you go. You have the right to say no or yes to others without feeling guilty. You have the right to make mistakes, to course correct, or to change your mind. Mm. I got to say, I know this one for many people, at least for me. I never gave myself permission to change my mind. So every decision carries the weight of a life sentence. So you wonder why it's so hard or you're so stressed about it because you're like, oh, God, this could be the next 10 years of this commitment I just made. So no, sometimes you change your mind. People change, you change. You thought you were going to love that thing. You don't. You don't have to keep doing that thing. You're allowed to change your mind. You have the right to negotiate for your preferences, desires, and needs. And that's not just letting people know what they are. Negotiate for them is different. It's actually being like, no, actually, I really don't. I'd rather not do that. Can I want you to consider doing this. Like, for most of us, we just feel like that's just, as my friend Chris Carr would say, behavior unbecoming. It's not, though, right? This is how we get what we yeah. want. And most of the time, straight men have no problem negotiating for their friggin' needs. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you have a right to express and honor all of your feelings if you so choose which means you don't have to. So if someone is an emotionally unsafe person, no, you don't need to tell them all of your feelings, you know? You have a right to voice your opinion, even if others disagree. You're also not required to. You have the right to be treated with respect, consideration, and care. This comes from you. So you need to treat yourself with respect, consideration, and care because your relationship to you is setting the bar for every other relationship in your life. So if you have a low opinion of yourself, if you're last on your own list, if you treat yourself like crap, if you talk badly about yourself, you will inevitably attract people who agree with your low assessment. So beauties, we're going to say aim high on that bar, please. Uh, you have the right to determine who has the privilege of being in your life. So think of it like this. You have a VIP section in your life but you're the only bouncer. You make the guest list and you are the person who's putting up the velvet rope. And if you're not doing those things, then any mother ever who feels entitled, who wants to suck on your sunshine, who wants something from you, 
your third cousin inviting herself to like your bachelorette in Vegas. You know what I mean? We're like, well, we're family. You're like, get lost, Betty. So the VIP section of your life is your responsibility. And you don't have to let everyone in, which doesn't mean you got to cut off contact with them. But, you know, we go through this in the course and, and in the book, the relationships, there's got to be mutuality. You know, where who's also feeding you? What relationships do you leave being with them and you're friggin' exhausted? Or your phone rings and it's them and you're like, ah, dread. Yeah, we're going to fix that. Yeah. So if you're interested in the course, go to terrycole.com forward slash boss. You can buy the book anywhere. And you can get all the, the bonuses at boundarybossbook.com. Don't worry, you'll put all these in the show notes. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, you have the right to communicate your boundaries, limits, and deal breakers. And literally nobody has a right to tell you that they're right or wrong. If you have a non-negotiable, maybe you, for me, when I was dating, I didn't want to date someone who was in recovery because I was in recovery. I was like, I wasn't against them. My friend was like, oh, you're biased against people in recovery. I was like, duh, of course not. It's triggering for me, you idiot. Like there's only room in my relationship for one person who has an addictive personality. That's it. That's my deal breaker. It's my choice. Yeah. Now she was a friend, so I gave her context. But that's not the same as convincing her. Do you see the difference? Okay, because that's a big one. All right, two more. You have the right to prioritize your self-care without feeling selfish. And last but not least, you have the right to talk true, be seen, and live free. So I'm going to be printing this out and putting it on my wall. (laughs) I have a downloadable thing for you. I'll put it in your free gift, a downloadable image of the the, uh, Boundary Boss Bill of Rights. too freaking good. It's like, it just encompasses everything. I can't wait for everyone to get their hands on this and to just dive even deeper into it because I think it's so crucial. And if someone's listening and like has not related to any of this, I think you might be a robot. (laughs) Like, honestly, it's crazy. I don't understand. I understand all of this. But I'm so excited. I'm so grateful for having you come on. This was the most relaxing and inspiring episode I've had in a really, really long time. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, I want to tell you where you can get your gift, and it's going to be on codependency and boundaries. Really? Just go to boundaryboss.me forward slash mood. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I feel so – I feel like, you know, not to, like, push your boundaries, but I do feel like a little VIP right now. (laughs) You are. I do. I do. I'm just, you know, I'm talking the lingo as best I can. (laughs) Well, I'm going to make sure I'm going to put all of that in the show notes for everyone. It will also be on Instagram. Make sure you follow Terry on Instagram, but go get her book as well. It's going to be so great. I'm sure we're going to be talking about it for the next couple of weeks on the podcast because it's going to be full of mood boosters. Yay. And join the course. We start today. Yeah. Start today. Stop what you're doing right now. There's a little crack in the door. I'll be there. Terry will be there. Thank you so, so, so much. You are so welcome. It was such a pleasure.